from the get-go, our philosophy has always been, how do we make the customer experience better? That was the one thing that we had to hold true. Like, this cannot, and of course, when we're thinking about metrics, like, we cannot let CSAT suffer as a result of us having this as a point in the support flow, one point in the journey. Hello, and welcome to the Conversations with Vendes podcast. Each week, we speak to customer experience innovators and experts to discuss the latest trends, interesting ideas, and what's new in our industry. I'm your host, Nicole Saunders. Last week, we dove in talking about the business impacts of AI. We spoke with Jared Lohman, VP of Customer Experience at Kajabi, as well as Caitlin Cohane, who is the Head of Customer Advocacy here at Zendesk. They shared some great insights on how AI might play into the aging experience and how you can save money as you scale your customer support. This week, we're going to focus a little bit more on self-service support and the role that AI may play there. So as I said, Jared is joining us again, and Jared is an ex-CTO and engineer turned CX enthusiast. His technical expertise, combined with his passion for delivering exceptional customers' experience, has earned him a spot on several advisory boards, including the Customer Advisory Board at Forethought AI, which is a company focused on delivering artificial intelligence solutions for customer service organizations. During his four years at Kajabi as the VP of Customer Experience, he has challenged his teams to be both early adopters and innovators of new ways to leverage technology to empower agents and provide better customer experiences. Today, we are also joined by my friend, Maddie Hoffman, Director of Self-Service Support at Zendesk. Maddie has deep experience in customer support, building and scaling self-service support, chatbots, and automations. In the seven and a half years that she's been at Zendesk, she has helped to build out the way that we capture and share knowledge in our help center. So let's dive into my conversation with Jared and Maddie. Ready to take your customer experiences to the next level? Build lasting relationships with Zendesk's complete customer service solution so that you can exceed every customer's expectations. Sign up for a free trial at Zendesk.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Conversations with Zendesk. I'm your host, Nicole Saunders, Director of Community at Zendesk. Today, we have our second in a two-part series on how AI can help to rein in costs while maximizing efficiency. I'm joined today by Jared Lohman, VP of Customer Experience at Kajabi, and Maddie Hoffman, Director of Self-Service and Automation at Zendesk. So excited for this conversation. Thanks for joining us, Maddie, and welcome back, Jared. Thanks for having me back. I don't think I've ever been invited back, so this is a first. I appreciate it. (laughs) We're glad to have you again. Before we dive into the conversation, I would love to have you Go ahead and introduce yourself again and just let us know. Tell us a little bit about your role, your organization, and what you do. So, Jared, I'll have you start. Yeah. So, I'm Jared Lohman. I oversee our customer team at Kajabi, which includes our technical support, our customer success, our knowledge and training, the small ops arm. Been with the company for about four years, and we provide a tool that really plays a big role in the creator economy space that helps anyone who is interested in selling their knowledge online. And I am calling in from the beautiful state of Hawaii. Oh, jealous there. I'm up in Wisconsin. It's just starting to get warm here. So warm 40, high 40s or like actual warm? We hit 70 today, and that was super exciting. (laughs) All right, Maddie, please introduce yourself. Absolutely. I was going to say I did have to take my jacket off on my lunchtime walk. I got a little too warm, which is, <laughs> I haven't felt that way in a long time here in Wisconsin. Hi, I'm Maddie Hoffman. 
As mentioned, my team at Zendesk is responsible for self-service, access to knowledge about how to use our products, how to get started, how to configure, how to test and validate, as well as automation and our virtual assistant or chatbot that sits at the front of all of our interactions. So very focused on getting resolutions and answers into the hands of our customers faster and automating their solutions wherever possible so they don't even need a human's help. Love it. All right. As we dive into the conversation, to recap, in our previous episode, we talked with Kate Kahane, head of customer advocacy here at Zendesk. And Jared, we spoke with you as well about how AI and bots and that kind of thing in general may start to influence customer service operations, create better customer experiences and that kind of thing. Today, we're going to dig in a little bit more specifically into knowledge management and self-service. Now, of course, where I think most people are really familiar with AI right now is in terms of bot experiences. And so I'm going to start there and then we will move to more broad knowledge management. Earlier this year, we did some research and it showed that consumers really think that AI is going to lead to much more satisfying chatbot experiences, which is great news. So I'd love to hear from each of you how you think that AI will start to improve those bot experiences and how we would get to a point where those bots aren't just conversationally sound, but also really accurate and truly helpful. Would you like me to go first or should we give Maddie a chance? I'm happy to dive in for sure. All right. I think the age that we're entering really is going to be like a totally new horizon of how we find information. And I think when I look at things like LLMs entering the scene, for me, it's less about generative output, a bot designing an answer for you, and more about this totally new web of connections that can get you from your question to an answer by connecting the dots. And I guess by that, I just mean we've already been a little spoiled in the world of Google that we have the most powerful search algorithm in the world working for us most of the time. But I think all of our end users are going to only continue to have heightened expectations of how easy it is to find information. And in my opinion, that's where I really think AI introduced into a conversational environment like a chatbot makes a huge difference if your customer is not going to be frustrated by feeling misunderstood or wind up in like a dead end or a loop because something that you historically might have had to train to be really, maybe if then, (laughs) can blossom into something much more conversational. And I think there's a lot of really interesting chatter in the industry right now, too, about taking some of the problems that we're used to solving in, say, for example, I work in software, so in an interface and a product, and shifting that to be solved conversationally. We solve problems conversationally with our coworkers every day on tools like Slack or Teams, messaging one another, hey, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? And seeing action happen. And I think that's going to pivot the expectations that our customers have as well. And when I think about the quality of the conversation, I think obviously the hot topic of generative AI has been like on the front of everyone's mind for the last several months. I really think the secret sauce to quality of output is keeping a human involved. I realize that some of us may have a daydream of being able to start using like an AI technology where you can just flip a switch and it works right away. There are certainly like plenty of tools emerging that make it really easy and fast to deploy. But I really think if you want to guarantee the quality of your interactions, you resource it. You assign someone to review the outputs, understand what conversations look like, understand what your customers' needs are at various phases of their relationship with you. 
and really have like ownership over that, adopting the customer perspective and then validating that it's working and that they're not getting stuck in some of those more historically frustrating chatbot conversations that so many of us are accustomed to. Absolutely. I think the support agents of the world are probably relieved to hear, Maddie, that you feel like humans still need to be involved. And I totally agree. I closed out the last podcast talking about the value of the human touch. Even as we evolve these more AI-driven experiences, I think that the human involvement is actually going to be more important, not less. Jared, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, just to play off of that, I really like to think about the technology again as a superpower. It's a way to power up the human that's involved with whatever the task is. And so I'm less maybe afraid of an apocalyptic situation, if you will, to where all of the jobs fade away. What I think we'll see is we're going to see a transition. And I'm actually pretty optimistic right now that in terms of the emotional interaction that we have. I'm excited about AI's ability to adapt, especially with things like mm-hmm. sentiment analysis. And imagine a world to where AI comes in and at first it maybe starts with the de facto brand voice of ultra empathetic, but then maybe transitions based upon the conversation into something a little bit more deliberate. And instead of, I think maybe short term next year and a half, we'll get to a point to where the AI can maybe even transition to automatically just escalating right away. I can see you're frustrated. Let's get you a human. Let's not even waste time making you any angrier than you already are. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Thinking about that idea of a bot adapting to a conversation or to your point, you're being like, whoa, you're frustrated. Let's escalate that one. How do you think we can best go about creating bots that have a high degree of empathy and are able to be really accurate but not to the point where it becomes uncanny and too close to human. I feel like that's a needle we have to thread. Do either of you have thoughts on what that evolution for bots may look like? Yeah, I can definitely speak to some of our learnings at Zendesk. I think first and foremost, like Jared hinted at, I think being able to understand where there might be topics that your customers ask about or issues that your users face that are just not necessarily appropriate for an AI to handle. If it's going to be too complex or if it's something that might be psychologically sensitive, I know we see a lot in our world that customers who have questions about their billing or invoice may just really want the extra validation of a human to tell them everything's okay, you're not going to run into any problems. I think it's important to just recognize what those topics might be. And as we develop these capabilities, potentially pivot a conversation to invite a human to join in if it's going to be more sensitive or if we detect that sentiment is trending in a really negative direction. And the other piece of practical advice I would give that we've done at Zendesk is define your style guide really early, especially if you're going to have more than one writer building conversation design into your bot. We tried to lay out some really clear boundaries like Our bot will never pretend to be human. Our bot will always acknowledge that it is robotic, even in its tone at times. And even really specific rules like our bot wants to be helpful, but should never be overly enthusiastic. We really want to avoid too many exclamation points. Or one of my favorites is our bot doesn't use the I pronoun. It only uses a we pronoun because we want to establish that bot is an extension of our brand, of our corporate brand, and not trying to make it an entity in and of itself. And that's a theme we really try to reinforce throughout conversations as well, is that this bot was curated by people who know your experience and are building this so that you can have it at scale, but that it's not just 
pulling answers out of thin air, but rather the topics that our customers tend to ask our bot about are somewhat repetitive. And it's pretty common that a customer would have had the same question before. I think that can instill a little bit of extra trust. And I know, sorry, a long-winded answer, a theme that came up in the last session as well that I would just add on is I really think the more we can personalize the answers our bots can give, the more empathetic the conversation becomes. As Kate mentioned in the last session, we know, we've heard from our customers, they can really lose track of their entitlements, what comes with their plan and what features, or maybe even with their role that they have using Zendesk. And our bot is actually trained and has access to some of those data points so that it can answer with practical guidance rather than just like a theoretical, which I think mimics a human in the sense that you're getting a targeted answer, but doesn't necessarily try to present that as though it were a human. I think that kind of like fast logical resolution can be just as satisfying for customers without having to toe the line, as you said, into the uncanny valley. <laughs> Those are really interesting points, especially about things like style guide and tone and how does the bot represent itself and present itself to the end user. Jared, what are some other ways that Kajabi is thinking about how you're implementing your bots and what their personalities might be? Sure. Yeah, I think from the get-go, our philosophy has always been, how do we make the customer experience better? That was the one thing that we had to hold true. Like, this cannot, and of course, when we're thinking about metrics, like, we cannot let CSAT suffer as a result of us having this as a point in the support flow, one point in the journey. So our goal was always to provide customers answers faster. It's essentially the same strategy that you would apply to just self-service in general. Like you're trying to find a way to give customers the answers to their questions, as we all know. And it was also, I think, mentioned maybe in the previous year's Zendesk report, the preference stack, which was in like the high 60s. Don't quote me on this one. Look at the report. But it was really high for people who actually just want to find a self-service answer. And our philosophy with the bot is just it's just another enhancement to that self-service flow. It's another way to expose information to customers and help them find stuff that maybe they wouldn't have found through a different channel. I think going back to the personality, unfortunately, like our approach to this has always been like we've utilized our own macros that we pre-vet for like answers to questions. So that kind of just inherently carries our personality since we're programming it. However, I think we're on the verge with large language models of potentially being able to actually really outside of just like creating scripts, like we're actually going to be able to train the technology to speak in our language probably better than any of our human beings could take on that brand personality. So I would say stay tuned for the next year and a half should be really interesting in terms of carrying forward. I think ChatGPT, for example, has done a wonderful job with this, like the adding that morals and the ethics component, like it will not answer questions that are even like potentially sensitive. And so like we're seeing a lot of really cool new opportunities to I think in the very near term, begin to actually train this into where the machine is actually able to express this without us having to do all of the work. Absolutely. So one of the things that we talked about in the previous episode was how AI is more than just bots, right? That tends to be where the focus is because it's really exciting to get to go talk to a machine that seems like it can talk back to you and seems like it's thinking. Maddie, I would love to hear what are some of the other applications of AI that you're looking at across knowledge management and self-service? I hinted at this earlier, but I think the biggest opportunity 
to find crossover between what we're doing with things like virtual assistants and what we're doing more traditionally in knowledge management is thinking about how you surface information to your customers, much like you were saying, Jared, to us as well. I think of a chatbot as a another tool through which you can find answers. So we've been trying to think a lot about a holistic, like end-to-end -end user experience, whether I enter through the chatbot or I enter through a Google search to your knowledge base and land there, how can I choose my own adventure to get to an answer? Some folks actually would prefer to pivot to talk to the chatbot, even if they find an article first. Or in some cases, we want them to be able to launch an in-product tutorial if it's something that the bot would otherwise be walking them through step-by-step -step with text. So we're trying to sort of the boundaries between what we can do with our tools in a way that's a little more autonomous for the customer. And along those lines, another thought we've been exploring is how we could augment the search mechanism in our knowledge base to maybe even match the intent detection model that our bot has today. We really love what we've seen as far as the quality of that intent, intent detection goes. And frankly, I think we're training our customers who use the bot to search in a specific way. We're training them that they don't have to have all the right phrasing. They don't have to know the jargon. They maybe don't even have to speak English as a first language and they could still get to an answer that's relevant to them. And I think it's really going to push us to think about some of the ways we surface information, maybe in a more traditional approach in our knowledge base and align those experiences to be more in tune with one another. And then the other thing I would just add is that we've been really inspired by some of the no and low code AI automation tooling that's coming out in the industry and particularly the Zendesk partner who we work with to provide our virtual assistant today has some really great like deep integration capabilities. So we're really focused in this first half of the year on where we could actually like completely end to end automate tickets that are more transactional today that our teams don't really need to handle. Maybe it's pure objective decision making that a bot could do instead of a human. Or where could we save time? We're starting to do a little research into conversations with our support team that require a lot of back and forth today. And how could we maybe get more of that in with the, in the bot conversation before the bot hands off to an agent as well? In a way that is, of course, not frustrating to customers. We don't want to increase any effort on their part. But if it makes the resolution come faster in the long run, then we think it would be more delightful to the customer as well. There's a lot to unpack there, but Jared, I want to give you a chance to weigh in and understand Kajabi's thoughts around self-service knowledge management and how AI might thread through all of that or help to improve those experiences. Yeah, I mean, it's going to thread through just about everywhere, but I think one of the things that I would call out that is, I've seen exciting a lot, but it does excite me is gap detection. I think that is yeah. an area that nobody has ever woke up and said, I'm really excited about gap detection, but <laughs> and that's what makes it so great for a computer to actually resolve these problems. We are wonderful at handling repetitive tasks that actually humans are probably not the best at. And that's a great example of something that I think AI could do really well is identify those patterns and find out what are we missing that no human is going to sit there and review thousands upon thousands, if not millions of interactions to ultimately find and identify. And in particular with the large language models, that's almost getting like this super boost on top of what the technology was already capable of when it's able to really understand the context and do this so much better than it ever was before. So that's probably what I'm most excited about. Of course, I, one of the things that I just teen off of what Maddie said I'm excited about is language. 
I think that's huge. It's something that we haven't talked about a lot and I don't hear about it a lot. Maybe I'm just not in the right conversations, but like a bot can speak essentially unlimited number of languages, whatever you can program it to do, which is not something that you can do with a human. Like as much as I want to try to learn other languages, I'm barely mastering English. We're all lucky if we can have one really good, maybe two. <laughs> exactly. That's another one of the superpowers on steroids that like could potentially change the game for you just about overnight. Absolutely. I find the mention of gap detection really fascinating. I've been reading a lot about the ways that this can play into things like helping identify where do you need articles written? Where do you need things updated? Where are there things that agents are answering and tickets that aren't documented in your knowledge base? And Maddie, I know that you've worked a lot with how to do this from a human perspective in the past. So that seems like a place where we could really gain some great efficiencies and help build out those knowledge bases that are really solid. And Jared, the point about having to review hundreds or thousands of articles, bots don't fatigue the way a human might, right? The 30th article I'm proofreading, I might start missing something here or there, get a little bit less focused, but a bot can sit there and proofread every darn article in your knowledge base and make sure that it's all correct and current. Bring up your humans to do other more complex tasks. Yeah, I was just going to say you made another light bulb go off for me as well, which is, yeah, I've been seeing some really cool applications of I'm just thinking about the things that fatigue a knowledge worker of any kind, including our agents, ticket after ticket. I think another really cool application that's been emerging lately is suggesting action to your agents. If you're picking up a ticket that you've never handled before and you don't know where to start, having recommendations that are based on a trained model. Here's how we think this kind of a ticket should typically go. Or I've even seen some technologies out there like this conversation could be escalating. You may want to involve your manager or it could be an upsell opportunity, like all kinds of things that we could really prompt our teams or arm them with information. Which I think thinking about the previous episode about controlling costs, I think about being a new agent and having a little bit of AI assisted guidance on how to handle something I've never handled before. I feel like that could really have potential in the future to reduce the time it takes us to get our teams live and comfortable responding to tickets as well. That's a great call out. You can really reduce your time to value because you don't need to spend as much time in training if you've got an AI that can help train along the way. And gosh, it's gotta be a lot faster than walking down the hall and trying to find somebody that knows how to handle a certain kind of situation or pinging a big group chat message and saying, okay, anybody know what I do in this kind of circumstance? Yeah, I hadn't even thought about those. But those are great examples. So where I was going with that line of thought, Maddie, I know that you've been building out your team, particularly around automation and chatbot over the last couple of years. How have you seen the introduction of AI start to evolve the roles and the capabilities that you need on your team? And I'm interested to hear from both of you what you think some of the roles of the future might be in knowledge management and self-service support. Yeah, I love that question so much because I think there's so many different ways you can do it, so many different ways you can think about this. I've seen corners of the chatbot industry where people tend to focus on conversation design alone, content design. I've seen corners where people tend to focus on engineering skills and how do you build out the technology and just speaking on behalf of my team, we've really taken a hybrid approach where we tend to work with like low and no code tools wherever possible, of course, but really try to make the most of my team's skill sets 
of both knowing our technology, knowing what the capabilities are, especially as you've mentioned, Jared, like in a world where technology evolves, it feels like every five minutes, there's like a new capability that we've unlocked. But also, I think just as importantly, their deep knowledge of our customer. And I really think it's a, an area of business self-service really overall is that requires you to be able to put yourself in a customer's shoes over and over and over again. And I think all these automation technology, virtual assistants and AI, I think it's a really fun, challenging space to be because you get to play both parts, right? Like you really have to adopt the customer's point of view, but you also get to think like an agent and think like, how would I give an answer to this question if I was just having a conversation with someone one-on-one? And from there, how can we expand that at scale to be resolvable for anyone who might come and ask that question. I think it's really taking a lot of the skills we've had for years in knowledge management and blowing them up to think about how we make the theoretical more practical and how we take something more general and make it more specific. And just a really interesting convergence of kind of all of those skills. Can't undersell, of course, to the importance of content capabilities, being able to write or produce in whatever media you use. I think that background has been really important to my team because the knowledge of your customer's journey before the ticket is what we always say. The Everything that happens to the left in the timeline, <laughs> I think is really important because that's really where you're introducing the technology at first. And from there expands into other parts of their experience of their journey with your company. But Jared would love to hear what you have to say too about your team. Just speaking, I think, More broadly, over the next one to three years, I believe we're going to see a shift to more QA focus. As we become more and more reliant on technology that is maybe not in its, it's never going to be fully mature, but it's still not yet at a point to where the state is completely 100% reliable, we're going to involve humans with the QA process to take that baseline that's being presented to us and maybe layer on some of the things that we've already talked about, like here's our brand voice on top of maybe this article that we used, ChatGPT or some other technology to lay us a foundation. And in addition to that, like my hope, this is maybe more of a hope than it is a prediction, but I think once we make it past that phase, my hope is that we'll actually see more people invest or reinvest in richer forms of communication. One example of this could be is like, now we have so much freedom that instead of interacting over a live chat session to where I'm dealing with three of them at once, I'm now just hopping on a Zoom call with you and we're looking at a situation like real time, face to face, like really having that high touch engagement that you maybe previously could only expect if you were some top-tier enterprise customer, we're now essentially democratizing this to everyone because of what technology has enabled us to do in terms of the volume. Yep. And Jared, I would add on to that. I know one thing that really gets me excited is thinking about how can we layer on to some of those traditional thoughts about segmentation of our customer bases, what we know to be true about certain kinds of issues. Like I can think of examples that we want to build out as automation that are going to be best served as automation, have our customer work with whatever our automation tool is to resolve it, because that's going to be the fastest. Even if you are that top tier customer, maybe that kind of issue gets resolved on that channel, as opposed to no matter what kind of customer you are, if 
to give an example, if you're setting something up for the first time, you're close to go live and you're just stuck on one part, no matter who you are, we'd love to have you pick up the phone and be able to just walk us through what you're trying to do. I think we can get a lot more innovative and intelligent in that space around not just our segmenting our customer base as we know it, but our issue base, the kinds of things that we are able to tackle with self-service and automation versus the things that should always have a human on the right channel at the right time. Those are some great points. Jared, I asked you last week about what you were most concerned about, what you're most excited about, and you had lots of things you were excited about, which is awesome to hear. This week, I want to hear from you about what has been the most unexpected or surprising thing that you have seen come out of AI when you think about a business application? What has come up for you as maybe like, oh, I didn't even realize that, or oh, that's a brilliant way that we could potentially use this? Yeah. So the most surprising thing to me was like when I started this journey, again, I think I said this last week, but I came into this with rainbow glasses and I'm like, yes, the magic technology that is going to solve all of my problems. And then I realized that the technology was actually somewhat limiting in terms of my ability to deploy it in the ways that I wanted to deploy it. I think in other surprises, I guess most recently, I wouldn't have said that I would have predicted the amount of like, I'm sure many people have heard of the term generative AI. Like, I didn't necessarily see that coming. I wish I would have. I guess I don't know what advantage it would have given me. But, <laughs> And I think that exposes a ton of new opportunities. I touched on this briefly in the last episode. And I'll maybe cover the inverse of that. Like, what if a machine is able to actually generate well, like a screen recording of how to do something at some point. Right now, we're still in the point of changing someone on a motorcycle to being a gorilla on a motorcycle. But I think very realistically, like a machine could actually generate like a full on tutorial in real time of how to accomplish a task. And that's something that I think, at least I think, this is completely unheard of. Nobody's talking about this. Nobody's doing this today. But something that generative AI is actually going to be highly capable of doing, perhaps in the fairly near future. So generative AI was my biggest surprise. Very cool. What about you, Maddie? Anything catch you off guard? I definitely can say I relate. Jared, I heard actually recently about someone, you know, using asking chat GPT to like, write code for them that they were going to use to deploy a Zendesk feature even. And I was like, wow, I just never in a million years really would have thought I heard those phrases like strung together. So that has been definitely swept me off my feet a little bit. But I really think it, it's been most interesting to see some of the democratization of AI tools and really the birth of some of these no and low code opportunities. Being a relatively new part of the industry, it's just been really interesting to speak with other folks who every time they want to make a change to what their chatbot says, it requires a pull request from their engineering team. And I think we're really living in a whole new world when like my team can go click some buttons and have something done in a matter of an hour. It opens so many doors. And I know we touched on this already, too, thinking back to last week's episode and talking about controlling costs. The things that organizations have gone through for years to localize their content or to hire talent in areas where they need to be able to support a localized, which I think really we're opening a ton of doors to also think about how we can, I don't know, maybe just re-strategize what we think about localization as organizations. I think there's going to be so many new opportunities. It blows my mind a little bit that there can be models that I don't have to train that can understand 
what I've already trained in English in the hundred and some other languages. That's a really crazy thing for me to think about. Really, though, I think as we've discussed in this corner of the industry, your mind gets blown a little bit like every five days or something like that. So I'll probably have a different answer next week. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't wait to play this back in six months and be like, wow, we had no idea that this was going to come <laughs> or maybe some of these predictions will come true. Who knows? Yeah, just to quickly layer on what Maddie said was yeah. talking about d democratization. And this is a little bit of a throwback to a conversation I had with Zendesk a, a year or two ago when we were talking about like the pandemic's impact on growth. And I, one of the key mm -hmm. indicators to me was like, my grandma now knows what Zoom is. And I right? think we're in a very <laughs> similar situation today. My grandma probably knows the phrase chat BT. Now I can't even say it. Chat GPT. <laughs> That's my grandma uh, had. My chat grandma's got it, I know. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what a cool thing to happen for something that was historically so poorly looked upon. Like yeah. chatbot almost had like it was like people immediately associated that with a terrible experience. And now suddenly, just like almost overnight, the dynamic has just been completely flipped on its end. 180. And now suddenly people are just like they're creating accounts. And it, it, just to try out this technology and explore it and utilize it, and there's so much newfound interest in actually just experiencing this that I hope that momentum keeps up. It probably won't hang around forever, but that is certainly going to shift the dynamic in terms of just overall receptiveness to utilizing this technology whenever it interfaces with a customer. A hundred percent. And that's a really good call out that chatbots for a long time we would look down. I was like, oh, it's such a pain to have to deal with that. It's like a phone tree, right? But now the way that the technology is going, it's actually becoming something people want to use because it maybe is particularly reliable or consistent or can speak in their language or something. I can tell you like at the, oh, sorry, the, no, the foundation, <laughs> like I, I love it when I go to Amazon and I have to return an item. If I don't ever have to interact with a human, that's wonderful. It takes care of everything for me, just using all of Amazon's data takes me less than a minute. It pulls up my last few orders. That is great. And like the best AI for today is the AI that you don't know exists. It's mm. just feature enhancing. Like you don't even identify that this is AI at work behind the scenes. All it's doing is just making your life better. And like that to me is like very much in the now near term, like our immediate aspiration is how do we make people's experiences better with the technology that's now available to us? It's kind of like we were talking about earlier, how there's all these different aspects of AI that can help the agent, that can identify gaps, that can translate things, can do a lot besides just be a bot that's available 24-7. The question I was going to ask is that we've touched a little bit on some of the trends that Zendesk brought out in our CX Trends reports earlier this year. And Jared, I'm curious, what are the things that you're really seeing as new expectations from users as AI has just started to come onto the scene and influence them. What are you hearing from customers and what do you think is they're most looking for in those improved experiences? Yeah, I think just the expectations have been reset and there is a new bar. Like, for example, at Kajabi, we're integrating AI everywhere we can within our product. And now just to provide a little bit of context, in case you don't remember from where we started, we have a website building <laughs> tool, for example, or an email <laughs> composing tool. AI is now in the conversation virtually everywhere. How can we use AI to help our customers get started composing that email? How can we take some 
some of that context that they provide us in the beginning and essentially deploy all of that work for them that they otherwise would have spent hours, days, weeks, months, sometimes even more just to get set up. Like it's part of the conversation everywhere. And it realistically should be probably the biggest changes that I'm seeing is just that reset bar in terms of expectations from the customer base. Had any thoughts on that or things that you've seen from Zendesk customers? Yeah, I totally agree. And I think actually, Jared, your example a couple minutes ago is a great demonstration of what comes to mind for me, which is personalization. If you already know something about me, you know my last five orders and then I'm probably reaching out to you about it. Or to give another example, let's say virtual assistants aside, we want to send some kind of targeted educational content to customers who are not moving past a certain setup step at Zendesk or something, we should know what they've already tried. We should know what they have already done, or maybe even ideally where they got stuck. I think the expectation that you would use what you know to make their experience better is really strong. And particularly that you won't ask a question if you don't need to ask it. I think I heard Kate hint at that in last week's episode is a lesson that we learned that if we can detect information or if it's something we have that we can call up somewhere from the back end, then we should never ever be asking the user to give us that information because it's effort that they're not expecting these days to have to give. Fairly so, we have the information, we should be using it. I agree with that concept. So I think that's the biggest one. And the other thing I'll just say is that I loved what we were talking about with this sort of seismic cultural shift of Jared, not only does your grandmother know what chat GPT is, she probably has a positive chatbot experience in her recent memory, just like yours with Amazon. And I think that's still pretty shocking to me at times. I think we recognized in our org that as we got started with technology like this, we were fighting a little bit of an uphill battle. And so we just don't take for granted that every conversation with our bot, for example, is an opportunity to build trust or break trust. And committing the time to preventing dead ends or seeking those gaps, the identifying opportunities for improvement on a regular basis. I think we really want to just acknowledge that expectations for a good experience are maybe higher than ever. Maybe a couple of years ago, everyone was like, it's probably going to not be good. <laughs> now they're like, it sure should be good. <laughs> so that's definitely a change in attitude that we have definitely tried to react to by just doing what we can to consistently ensure those good experiences and build trust with every interaction. I love that. As our time is coming to a close here, I'd love to give you each a chance to think of one thing that you would leave knowledge managers with that they should be thinking about or looking into related to AI and how they serve their customers. You can take a moment to think and whenever you're ready, jump in. Ooh, do we get the Jeopardy sound? Ooh, I should bust it out on my keyboard over here. Yeah, yeah, I knew yeah, how to do that. There. All right, that's the thing I got to learn now. <laughs> Maddie, do you want to go first or do you want me to? You can go first. Feel free. <laughs> okay. I would actually, I want to be a futurist for a moment here uh, once again. <laughs> go for it. You have our blessing. Okay, good. I think the holy grail, the mecca that is hopefully coming downstream very soon is an element of support that's maybe like that. You remember that movie that came out, I think, in the early 2000s called Minority Report? I still want that computer where I can stand in my room and wave my arms. (laughs) That would be equally cool. I don't know about the transparent screens and the hand detections. It's definitely possible. But the holy grail for me is when we are solving problems 
before they actually become problems. When we are detecting those situations that the customer encounters and we're utilizing pattern recognition to identify when a problem is about to occur, like just like we think about this very iteratively over the course of the last several years, we're like, oh, self-service, let's answer questions before they speak to a human. Like the next phase of that, or really the better approach to this is just let's stop the fires from occurring in the first place. And like that to me, I don't know if this is necessarily something actionable that a knowledge worker could be thinking about, but maybe just, yeah, think about think about how do you identify the problems that your self-serve resources, maybe they're currently in like a written medium or even a visual medium, but what would that look like to potentially solve a problem before that problem even exists? When you're not, you're no longer required to explain a situation, but you're there to potentially solve it well ahead of that problem ever occurring. That's... A really fascinating idea. And where that immediately took my brain was thinking about like voice of the customer and product feedback and how AI is going to play into those spaces as well. And maybe is able to analyze, here's your top thing that customers ask questions about. If you could suggest things where if you fix this in the product, you wouldn't get these questions anymore, or it could start to identify things and really help product teams even prioritize whether it's an improvement to a process or a product itself. Definitely. See, you're just, you're making light bulbs go off everywhere, Jared. <laughs> and Cole, your answer is a great segue for mine as well, too, because awesome. I was thinking back, when I think about my career thus far in knowledge management, our strategy for years has definitely been to get to the root of what makes a customer need our help. Like, where do they need our help? What caused it? And what will help them resolve it? And how can we make that happen? And I think just thinking through so many of the things we talked about today, clustering models that can show you where the gaps are in your knowledge base or can show you what your customer contacts are about today, all the way up to like new technologies that you could use to deploy these solutions or get answers to people in a new way and make them findable in a new way. I think really the possibilities are endless to augment what we've already built. As you said, Jared, it really is augmentation of what so many of our teams have been doing for years. And really, I couldn't agree more. I think that just as much as what our customers contact us about in tickets or what they say about us on social media, I think what they look for on their own is another voice of the customer. And I think the more we can leverage these tools that help us better understand that journey or improve that journey, we really make a difference on their overall experience with our businesses as well. So that's just really exciting to me. And I think it really makes the potential of what we can offer in self-service so much greater. Sounds like there's going to be a whole lot that we can do to improve customer experiences, to make things more efficient, to make agent and knowledge manager jobs a little bit easier and even more exciting and interesting. Not that they aren't today, but it sounds like there's just so much that's coming. I really look forward. I think that we should all get together again in six months and listen back to this episode and comment on where we are at that point and see where the world has taken us. We'll probably be surprised. We'll probably already be like halfway there. Absolutely. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. Jared, Maddie, it's been a real pleasure speaking with both of you. Thank, Thank you for having you. me back. Absolutely. Well, I hope you learned something today. I sure did. What a wealth of knowledge Maddie and Jared both shared. I hope that you will join us for our next episode as it's going to be a really special one. It was recorded live recently at the Zendesk Relate Conference in San Francisco. You'll hear from five amazing panelists that I got to speak to, including Danielle Evans, Vice President and Chief Information Officer at Honeywell Connect, William Abrams, the President of Distributed Products Division at Medline Industries, Sarah Bernardi, Chief Customer Officer at Dandelion Payments, and from Zendesk, we have Teresa Anania, 
Senior Vice President of Customer Success, and Kate Cohane, Head of Customer Advocacy. We had a lively and insightful conversation with these industry experts on what it means to be customer obsessed and why it's so important to put your customers at the center or in the front of everything that you do. We'll talk about strategy, current trends in customer experience, and how AI plays into all of it. You won't want to miss this one. Until next time, I'm Nicole Saunders for Zendesk. This podcast is presented by Zendesk, delivering smarter experiences across the entire customer journey for both customers and agents with industry-leading solutions and expertise. Zendesk, the intelligent heart of customer experience.